Captain's Log, Stardate 75672.9. The crew of the USS Vigilant was dispatched to Sector 21305 to conduct a science survey of the three M-Class planets residing there. This is the very area. Admiral Janeway and the crew of the USS Voyager were transported to the Delta Quadrant. This episode of These Are the Voyages is dedicated to the real Admiral Janeway, Kate Mulcrew. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me, my number one, Lieutenant Commander Eric. What's happening? How's it going? I'm excited to talk to just you today, Chase. Not that I don't enjoy talking with David as well. Oh, he's listening to this been, now. It's, oh, it's been a oh, while since just you and I have gotten on here to talk. That's true. That That's true. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's nice just having like some one-on-one conversation from time to time, whether it's, you know, me and you or me and David. I mean, it's 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 a good change of pace, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we'll have to have the one-on-one, just me and David. We'll exclude you. Oh, shoot. Can you do that for me? Just record an episode <laughs> for me and edit it and everything? I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. Editing. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> you said I just show e up word. and talk. I just show up and talk. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, have, um, we'll have the other lieutenant commander do that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that'll be like what the April Fools episode, right? Like <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> yeah, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I'm the captain now. <laughs> oh man. That that was actually that was that was a fun thing to see. Um the one time that um uh, there was a, a temporal incursion and, and I went into um you know, the in between the in between space and uh I could hear things, but I was not there. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It was actually very, very weird. So, anyway, well, we have been inundated with Star Trek content lately, and you know, we've been talking. We've been talking Picard. We've been talking um, Discovery. Um, all the other shows that we've been talking for a while now, and. One thing that uh, you and I have been doing, Eric, has been um, obviously like these definitive lists. Uh, I think the more, more recent one that we did um, last month in preparation for Star Trek Picard was Q. Uh, but we've also done the captains, which I guess in a way kind of works out for Q since he always wears four pips, right? So, I mean, Captain Q, why not? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, he just gave himself the rank of captain. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, we've we've gone through the captains, right? We've done um, we've done Kirk, we've done Picard, and now today we're gonna do a little discussion on Janeway, and it's gonna be great. And uh, I know Eric has been so incredibly excited to talk Janeway for freaking ever that this is a I very mean, happy day for him. I really like captain Janeway here she she is she the most well well like evenly written character certainly not there are some discrepancies between her over the course of the seven seasons but 
damn if she's not amazing. There we go. There we go. There we go. So, like we've done in the past with um, with our definitive lists, we are going to um, we're we're coming at this from the the uh, the standpoint of if you needed to know or like have like the I guess the quick and dirty in terms of like who this person is as a captain, uh, maybe with like a few fun episodes or a few random things thrown in here and there, this could be like a way that you could get through um, like some Janeway stuff in about, I don't know, 10 hours, something like that, basically. Give or, give or take an hour or two. So um, Eric and I, as usual, we have not talked about our list uh, prior to this. And um, it's it's probably to be understood that there's going to be at least one episode that is probably going to be on these lists that either we're like, yeah, well, duh, it kind of has to be there, or really type of thing. Like it's gonna it's gonna we're gonna have that kind of a spectrum. So we'll we'll talk about this from a chronological perspective, like from season one through seven of Voyager, um, in terms of like where they kind of land, and then we'll we'll do like a quick. Um, circle back of sorts in terms of talking about these episodes and where they are in terms of like our favorites so we'll try not to do things too ad nauseum we'll try not to be too long-winded but uh, we just want to kind of give you our takes um, in terms of best of and our favorites type of thing so anyway anything else lieutenant commander before we we do this before we get to the episodes i think we should just take a moment to talk about janeway the character before we get into some of these things sure like this you know star trek voyager premiered in january of 1995 we were both what seven years old almost eight at the Mm -hmm. time right and i know you weren't watching star trek at the time so you weren't you didn't see it when it happened but you know Star Trek Voyager was my Star Trek. It was, you know, I'd seen some of the episodes from the original series and seen some of the movies with my dad, but this was my Star Trek. You know, I've said this many times. I saw every episode as it premiered, right, throughout the entire course of the show, from January of 95 to May of 2001. You know, Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, UPN. I was there watching Star Trek Voyager. Sure. And I mean, it it had such like it was it was so important to me in those those formative years just watching Star Trek. And to me, I know it was a big deal that that there was a female captain, right? Here's the first female captain in Star Trek. But honestly, it it wasn't that big of a deal to me. And I want to you know, I don't want this to mean, oh, it doesn't matter that it's a female captain. But in a certain sense, it didn't really matter that it was a female captain to me because it, it, I was just so young and I didn't understand how mm-hmm. big of a deal it was. And, like, to me, I there was, there were, like, my mom was working. She's a lawyer. She had a powerful position. Um, every teacher I had had in my entire life up to then was a female Right, the people that when we went to daycare that ran the daycare, they were all women. So, in my life, all of like the people in power or the people in charge were all were all women. So, mm-hmm. like, I know it was a big deal that here Star Trek has a female captain, 
but in a certain sense to me it didn't I didn't understand like how big of a deal it was until much later in life and honestly in the Star Trek universe I don't really think it mattered all that much that this was a female captain because of course women can be captains of of starships and right from the very first episode there is no doubt that Janeway is in charge right there's no doubt that this is her ship and people will follow her orders and no one has any issues with it right I mean what 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 you're saying man is that it's not that it wasn't a big deal like with representation it just it, it didn't it wasn't as big of a deal because you were already surrounded by by strong independent very intelligent women um, in these positions of power so I mean you were experiencing like I guess part of like what the whole Janeway thing was supposed to be about like empowered women essentially yeah so yeah I mean like you said I, I didn't watch Voyager when it when it originally came out in the 90s like you did like every single time on on UPN for you right um, never, never missed it, type of thing. In in the seven seasons and hundred and seventy, eighty some odd episodes that it that it had. And uh, for me, like the first time I watched Voyager was, um, of course, whenever you loaned me the DVDs in college. So, um, and just, I don't know about you, but like, I just don't like skipping the opening intros. Like I know there's like nowadays, like there's like the skip intro button, and I just. I'm kind of weird because I like watching it to see like if anything has changed in terms of like main cast or if there's been like a remix or a rearrangement or a something or another, uh, new graphics, and you get that at different points in Star Trek, uh, whether they'll either increase the tempo or they'll change the scenery, they'll add cast to the the, the title cards, and uh, so like I always I watched every single bit of the credits all hundred and some odd episodes of it. And um, the thing about that we talk about on um, Discovery, and I'm not here to disparage Discovery, but with Discovery, it's it's a, a ship of science. Like they can run a bajillion different science experiments at the same time. And the thing that about Starfleet is like, yes, they're about science and exploration. I mean, we have card for crying out loud who was uh, really into archaeology so he's like really into understanding like old civilizations type of thing so old ago stuff like that understanding like civilizations but Janeway had her start really as as a science officer and I and that's one thing that I think is really strong about her character especially coming into this like we get to see her flex a lot of like the science stuff um, from time to time throughout the show which I really think gives her an edge over even some of the other captains who maybe not be as strong when it comes to that science background. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Eric? Oh, oh, absolutely. Like, she is right there in the trenches, like, helping solve science problems. Like, you never really saw Picard in the trenches doing science stuff because he had Data and he had Geordi and then other, and he had other members of the science team. I mean, even Crusher from time to time with with his ship. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Cisco had Dax was there doing all the science stuff and Bashir and and O'Brien. And so he was never really 
in the trenches doing a lot of the science and Janeway was she was like hey I'm I'm right here I'm I'm hey I got an idea let's let's all work together I'm headed down to engineering Torres I'll be right there we'll work <laughs> on this together or Ensign Kim I'm coming up to your station and we're gonna we're gonna work something out and mm-hmm. they thought that was really cool she was much more in a sense hands on rather than just here's your assignments go do it right right and uh, which I really think speaks to like the idea of the show of really needing to depend on one another. I mean, like even seeing that from the end of episode one going into the the second episode where it's like, oh shoot, well we let me see, let me rephrase that. The end of the first story, caretaker, going into the next story, uh, where like, oh shoot, we got all these maquis, we're stranded, you know, seventy thousand light years from home. It's going to take us seventy years to get there, and we have to figure out how we're going to get along, and. Like just her being willing to work, um, you know, like compromise and stuff like that, and using each other's strengths. And like I said, like with the science, like that really comes into play throughout the seven seasons of the show. But I don't want to get too off track. Um, but but I, I love the fact that you that you raise these points, man, um, about Janeway the character before we really dive into the episodes and like what makes this a particular definitive uh, Janeway list of sorts. So, um, with that, Eric, I know this is your show. You, you've been itching to, t- to talk about it, so I'm going to let you um, have the honors of kicking this list off. Well, I mean, I feel like any definitive list needs to start with, needs to start at the start, right? I mean, as I, I think Caretaker is an absolutely essential episode. We said when we did Picard, Encounter at Farpoint was an absolutely essential episode. I think when we do Cisco, you know, Emissary is going to be, that's like, you got to start at the start. Might. You got you to gotta be introduced <laughs> to these characters. And so Caretaker starts off my list. And I'm, I'm going to say this right now. I think Caretaker is the best pilot episode of any Star Trek series. Really? I really do. I really do. Wow. I think the show is basically, it knows what it is right away. You know, I think, I think, you know, Encounter at Farpoint is just all over the place as an episode because it was not written to be one episode. I think, um, as much as I love Emissary, I, I just don't think it has the stakes that this episode right here has. And then, Broken Broken Bow is also a fantastic episode, but I really think Caretaker is the best pilot episode Star Trek's ever made. Wow. Okay. And see, I was thinking, I was thinking Emissary was probably the best pilot, but um, that's that's a discussion for for a different day. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like obviously, like Caretaker is on my list because we got to start somewhere. I mean, we're not, we're not going to know who Janeway is unless we freaking meet her for crying out loud. So. Uh, yeah, Caretaker. Um, it starts off like a movie for crying out loud. Like you get like this like, scroll, like a Star Wars movie. Yeah, <laughs> you get this <laughs> scroll um, out of nowhere, um, telling you about the Maquis and like what's going on. And and if you've seen Voyager, you know what happens. But uh, Maquis being like these like renegade terrorist type freedom folks. fighters. Freedom, sorry, freedom fighters. My bad. Um, <laughs> that. <laughs> that are over in the Badlands and, like, everyone, like, gets swept up, like, including, you know, Janeway and her, her Voyager crew in pursuit of them. 
So, um, good stuff. I mean, we got we got to meet her. We got to meet the crew at some point. So it might as well be caretaker one and two. Um, so, that being said, um, I'm going to throw a curveball on this. With oh, I, I wanted to I wanted to to read read a few quotes from okay. this episode. All right. Right? All right, go ahead. This caretaker episode. Um, so there's this point where Harry Kim and, and Tom Tom Paris go in to meet the captain, and, and she's like, and and Harry Kim calls her sir, and she's like, Ensign, despite Starfleet protocol, don't call me sir, right? And Harry Kim goes, I'm sorry, ma'am? She's like, ah, ma'am's fine when we're in a crunch. But call me Captain, right? <laughs> and then, and then she takes him to the bridge. And Mr. Kim, this is your station. Are you ready? And he goes, "Yes, ma'am." It's not crunch time yet, but I'll let you know when. <laughs> I just, I just love this. This like that's how she meets her her operations officer, and she's like, "Don't call, ma'am's fine. Don't call me sir, but just call me Captain. I am the captain of this ship. That is how you will address me." Sure, sure. <laughs> it's almost like in NCIS, like Gibbs is like, you got to call me Gibbs or you call me boss. Don't call me anything else. Right, right. Good. Yeah. yeah oh, and then man. at the very end, there, she's like, she gives this this final monologue, right? She's like, we're, we're alone in an uncharted part of the galaxy. We've already made some friends here and some enemies. We have no idea of the dangers we're going to face, but one thing is clear. Both crews are going to have to work together if we're to survive. That's why Commander Chakotay and I have agreed that this should be one crew, a mm. Starfleet crew. Mm-hmm. And as the only Starfleet vessel assigned to the Delta Quadrant, we'll continue to follow our directive, to seek out new worlds and explore space. But our primary goal is clear. Even at maximum speeds, it would take 75 years to reach the Federation. But I'm now willing to settle that. There's another entity like the Caretaker out there somewhere, who has the ability to get us home a lot faster. We'll be looking for her. And we'll be looking for wormholes, spatial rifts, or new technologies to help us. Somewhere along this journey, we'll find a way. Mr. Paris, set course for home. I just think that's a great like closing monologue to to this pilot episode, because it like perfectly sets up the series to come. Like we're a Starfleet crew. We're going to be a Starfleet crew. You know, we're not just on a journey home. We're explorers, and we're going to explore. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be a Starfleet crew while we explore. And we're going to hold to our ideals. Sure, sure. I mean, that's that's right up there with, um, oh, what is it? The, uh, the speech, the, two of the speeches, I think, that Archer gives um, his Enterprise um, like not being afraid of the wind, you know, and talking about that towards the end of uh, of the the pilot episode, but also even whenever he's addressing like the um, the admirals and the Vulcans, um, I think it's is it end of season one or beginning of season two? I think I it's in Shockwave Part Two. Yeah, yeah. Um, like we're not perfect. We're gonna stumble. We're gonna fall. But that's what being human's all about. Um, like trying to basically make a case for the NX program. So. Um, to me, it's it's right up there. Uh, but yeah, oh, you're yeah. right. Like that that particular monologue does set things up really well. Mm-hmm. So, are you ready for a curveball this early in the uh-huh. game? 
I'm ready for a curveball. Okay. You might... I would be very surprised if this was on your list. I mean, I would be shocked if this was on your list, Eric. Okay. That's how much of a curveball I think this is. Okay. This is... Maybe it's not so much a straight-up Janeway episode as much as I just really like watching Janeway in this episode. And it's like an episode that I just really enjoy coming back to time and time and time again. (laughs) And that is the episode from season three. It's a two-parter, Future's End. Okay. All right. Yeah. Future's End is a really fantastic episode. What is it about Future's End that you really like? I, I mean, with like the idea that we have Sarah Silverman for one, who's who's in this? Who's an astrophysicist or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, it's it's also like one of those like fish out of water stories. It's kind of like a like a voyage home, light type of episode, and I just like how Janeway has her eyes on the prize. Uh, throughout the whole thing and she still manages to keep folks together and it's just a fun story of like trying to protect the timeline and I know how much David loves time travel stories so it's probably <laughs> good he's not on right now but um, this is just a really fun episode and it's like the episode that the the doctor gets his mobile emitter um, and somehow is able to keep it and stuff so um, this is just a fun episode and like the fact that we see um, we see like a homeless you know, Equinox type of captain, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Timeship uh, relativity. Yeah, relativity. I'm sorry, not 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 Equinox. Yeah, with, we get a we get a, a homeless um, time traveling captain um, who who gets mixed up in it too. It's, it's fine. It's great. Yeah, so. yeah. I was I've been listening to the Delta Flyers podcast with Tom and Harry, uh, you know, Garrett Wong and. Um, Robert Duncan McNeil and yeah. the interesting thing that they said when they were covering these this episode these two this two-part episode that when this was originally conceived it was supposed to be like six or seven episodes what yeah like it was supposed to be like a big story like that's why you see there are some plot threads that are like oh the 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 um like the anti-government people that kind of kidnap Balana and and Chakotay. It's like really like really short and almost seems out of place because that was supposed to be like a, a whole episode of of that that part of the story. Yeah. But I think that it would have been fun to see like six or seven episodes. Yeah, but then we're getting I mean, like it's almost serialized. like what it's almost like what Picard season 2 might be doing. I mean, possibly. <laughs> Journey's End, part three through nine. <laughs> so no, you're that, no. That's that's a fun episode. I could watch that episode a lot. It's really fun. Definitely yeah. not on my list, but I'm I'm glad glad you mentioned that. Yeah, I mean, like I, I think a definitive list. I mean, this is just me. Like, yeah, it should br- probably have like some of those like major like character moments, you know, like significant moments with the character. But like, I think there should be like some fun ones thrown in. For just for the heck of it, so I mean, you you enjoy the character, like let's enjoy the character. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. All right, let's keep on trucking. All right. Well, say what you want about the Kazon. Hmm. You cannot talk about Star Trek Voyager without talking about the Kazon. They are 
the predominant villain antagonist for the first two seasons. And uh, it's just you can't you can't talk about Star Trek Voyager without talking about them. Like mm-hmm. we kind of glossed over them in Caretaker, but they're there. They make enemies, and then in seasons one and two, they keep popping back up. But usually with Kala and Seska. So I think any definitive list of Star Trek Voyager and Janeway has to include something about the Kazon. Now you can obviously uh, like uh, like an uh, an obvious episode to be drawn to would be something like Basics Part One and Two, but I was trying to avoid I was like trying to avoid all of like the season finale season premieres like all those big two part episodes because I think those are it's just easy to pick those. So I went with an episode uh, from season two called Alliances. Okay, and this is an episode where you know. They're just under it. Voyager's constantly under attack by the Kazon, and Janeway says, "You know, maybe we maybe we have to make like an alliance or a pact with one of these Kazon sects. You know, we'll offer like mutual defense and and um, medical supplies, but we're not going to offer them any of our technology, mm-hmm. right? And so she tries to make a deal with the Kazon, and I think this is just." This is great. It's like she's not stubborn to think, oh, they've been attacking us and they're just our enemy. But maybe this is something I need to do to protect my crew is is make a deal. And so I think that's great diplomacy and that's great leadership out of out of Captain Janeway. Sure. Sure. And now everything doesn't really go according to plan because no. she ends up making an alliance with the Trabe, who um, are like the blood enemy of the Kazon, who we learn are not such great guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, between um, yeah, yeah, the, the Kazon being like the big bads there in the in the early part of, of Voyager. Yeah, you gotta you gotta talk about them. Like they were modeled after what L.A. Street Gangs, I think is. Yeah. Is yeah, what was the original idea behind different it? Different factions, right, mm-hmm. fighting each other. Yeah. So. Yeah, and yeah, she and then, ends. Another, there's another great quote to end this episode, and she goes, "I hope there's a lesson for all of us in this. Although some species we've encountered may be peaceful, others seem governed only by their self-interests. This appears to be a region of space that doesn't have many rules. But I believe we can learn something from the events that unfolded. In a part of space where there are few rules." it's more important than ever that we hold fast to our own in a region of shifting alliances are commonplace we have something stable to rely on the principles and ideals of the federation Mm. as far as i'm concerned those are the best allies we could have Mm. which i really i'm really really digging that that idea even um especially when we we look to a different series for a second um like even with saru um you know in in discovery whenever they're all stuck in the mirror universe uh, that's very like his speech is very much janeway-esque in terms of what you just quoted which which i love mm-hmm. yeah i know exactly what speech you're talking about yeah so um okay i have another one from um from season three, which you'll probably be like, well, yeah, of course you do. Of course you have that one, Chase. Um, 
I'm talking about macrocosm. Okay, this is like the Die Hard episode, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, look, Janeway, she's a fierce woman, right? She is one fierce woman. Like, this is like aliens slash Die Hard slash action hero Janeway. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, for as fun as it is, like, it really does, I think speak to like how much she cares about her crew, her ship, and the mission. Um, like, yeah. Yeah, they've been doing this for two years. They've shaved off some time here and there. But like, there's been this viral outbreak. I mean, like, let that that's maybe that's too soon to even talk about. But um, basically there's this outbreak, and now we gotta go do some shoosting and basically clean up the ship and try and eradicate this thing so that life can go on for Voyager and I just I love the fact that we know that she's a fierce woman like she's very intelligent she's very strong in her convictions in her leadership in all these things like you, like you so eloquently pointed out at the beginning of this show Eric but then not only that but we really get to see like her tenacity her desire to overcome and her strength as a person uh, through this episode, which I think is a great, as action hero-y as it is, as cheesy as, as the episode can be at times, I think this is a great, I think this can be a great um, example to little girls, to teenagers, to young women in general, um, that they can be just as strong. So, and like, that's something that I want my, my own daughter to, um, to take with her the rest of her life. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good message, right? Really fun episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. any other any um, other thoughts on Macrocosm, or did this end up on your list at all? No, it's not on my list, but but I really do. I I think every 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 series needs its own like, um, the captain, action hero, diehard, right? I know, like. The next generation has that with a Starship Mine, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm sure I could think of one for the others, but Starship Mine is the one that comes to mind. But yeah, I, I, I yeah, very fun episode. Yeah, very Janeway is a really tough, tough person. Yeah, <laughs> that's one way of putting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, man. What do you what do you got next? Well, <clears throat> the the next episode that I have on my list, I'm still in season two. Um, and it's Death Wish. Okay. I know we've we've talked a lot about Q lately. We did a whole like definitive Q. We did a Q novel, and we've been talking about him here on two episodes of Picard so far. But I really think this episode, you know, it it starts the Q recurring storyline that that builds throughout throughout Voyager. I think there's only like four or five episodes, but mm-hmm. but this is where it all starts. And I just think this is just a fantastic episode um, about, you know, philo- it's, it's a good philosophical episode about the nature of existence and, and should somebody be able to take their own life if they want to, and you know, why would they want to take their own life? Um, it's very heavy, um, but I think Janeway handles the situation, this this hearing, this trial, whatever you want to call it. I think as a very skilled diplomat and skilled politician, and I think she actually makes some good points to, to Quinn 
right mm-hmm. when when she rules in his favor she's like now that you're human there's so many things you can experience that you haven't before and she makes a really good point um and i think she handles q very well and then of course you see what happens throughout the rest of the q episodes in voyager and i think this is just a it's just a great star trek episode and i think janeway handles the situation incredibly well right is it that's the same episode where they bring uh riker on board don't they yes it is okay but then they make him forget that oh yeah mm-hmm. they're in the alpha quadrant or that's are the far end of the delta quadrant yeah not to uh, signal help or anything so okay mm-hmm. okay um do you want to you want to do one more like sure no i mean realist? i mean if you're already in season three i'm jumping to season three now and i think we might have the same episode coming up um, actually, I was about to go to, into season four, but oh, okay. <laughs> Did you just skip over something? I might have. Oh, I might have. Okay. okay. <laughs> um. Okay. You know what? I'll I'll just go. I'll just go. Okay. Um. There was one that I, I was thinking about putting on, um, but I, I have a sneaking suspicion um, that it's it's probably the one that you're about to do that comes a couple episodes after the one I just listed off, actually, uh, if I were a betting man, which I'm not. Um, anyway, enough, enough, enough of my pontificating. This, is, this one's from season four, okay? And I want to make sure I get this quote fired up. Um, I will find it. This is great podcasting, by the way. So mine, here we go. Um, So season four, episode two, The Gift. Okay. All right. And of course, this is the episode right after everything happened in Scorpion one and two. And where we get Seven, who's now part of the crew and having to acclimate to not being part of the Borg Collective anymore. And this whole thing about she doesn't really know what individuality is. Like, all the individuality has been, you know, eradicated, essentially, or or firmly uh, programmed to not think, feel, entertain that idea whatsoever. And, I mean, we, we saw how much it impacted Picard in Best of Both Worlds, um, especially at the end of Part 2 and in, going into Family and so on and so forth. Like, he was there for, like, a minute. She was there for years. And there's, there's quite a few um, quotes with this. So um, I, w- I want to just, like, highlight this little piece. Um, it's, it's basically Janeway and um, Seven talking. Do you remember her? Her name was Annika Hansen. She was born on Stardate 25479 at the Tendara Colony. There's still a lot we don't know about her. Did she have any siblings? Who were her friends? Where did she go to school? What was her favorite color? Irrelevant. Take me back to the Borg. I can't do that. So quiet. One voice. One voice can be stronger than a thousand voices. Your mind is independent now with its own unique identity. 
You're forcing that identity upon me. It's not mine. Oh, yes, it is. I'm just giving you back what was stolen from you. The existence you were denied, the child you never had a chance. That life is yours to live now. Don't want that life. It's what you are. Don't resist it. No. Just the fact that Janeway is not giving up so readily like a certain other Starfleet officer did with the Borg and that Janeway who is this again this fierce woman gives one of her crewmates or one of her crew members I should say their individuality back this gift of individuality back or at least the beginnings of it um I think that just really speaks to her character and just who she is as a character, who she is as a person in Star Trek. And I, I just love this so much. Like, I know it's just like a blurb, but just like that tension, like, what do we do with this Borg now, now that they've been severed from the hive mind? And rather than just like dumping her out the nearest airlock because we got out of her what we wanted, we're actually going to integrate her into the crew. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard, but she's going to be an individual along the way as well. Yeah, that's powerful stuff. I, I mean, you know, uh, ostensibly, that's not even what the title, The Gift, is referring to, I don't think. I think The Gift is referring to what Kess says at the end as she's leaving. But, yeah, I think that's that's a really powerful meaning there. Yeah. And you see, like, that idea becomes probably the driving force of, of, of the recurring storylines throughout the rest of the show is... Janeway trying to help Seven of Nine regain her humanity and others on the crew trying to help her with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to go for it. You just kind of glossed right over it. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to I'm going to go for it. I'm going to say put Scorpion on the list. Okay. You were just like, "Yeah, I'll skip to the episode right after Scorpion." And I was like, you probably just skipped over what most people would say is the best episode of Star Trek Voyager. I'm, I don't think it's the best episode of Star Trek Voyager. I think it's it's a really darn good episode. Um, and it would probably be toward the top of a list. It's not at the at the top of my list, but I think Scorpion is an absolutely definitive, okay. necessary, essential episode of not just Star Trek Voyager, but of Captain Janeway. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, right. it's It's basically the best of both worlds for Voyager, for crying out loud. I mean, it happens at the same point, right? End of season three, beginning of season four. Yep, yep. Right. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, <clears throat> this is Janeway. She says, like, this day was inevitable. We all knew it, and we tried to prepare ourselves for the challenge ahead. But at what point is the risk too great? At what point do we come about and retreat to friendly territory? Could the crew accept living out the rest of their lives in the Delta Quadrant? I keep looking to all these captains, my comrade in arms, but the truth is, I'm alone. Mm. If that moment, and then Chakotay says, if that moment comes, we'll face it together, and we'll make the right decision. You're not alone, Catherine. And she goes, three years ago, I didn't even know your name. Today, I can't imagine a day without you. And so she's Janeway is going through this point where, like, what do we do? Like, we're just one ship. We can't pass Borg space by ourselves. We'll certainly be assimilated. So, like, do we give up our dream of going home and just turn around? And Chakotay's like, we don't have to make that decision right now, but we'll make that decision together. 
right? And, you know, turns out they don't really make that decision together because <laughs> Chakotay doesn't agree with the decision that that Janeway makes, <clears throat> right? Mm-hmm. And But then at the end, she's like, I'll tell you, or she goes, Chakotay goes, Seven of Nine said that we lacked the cohesion of a collective mind, that one day it would divide and destroy us. And here we are proving her point. And Janeway goes, I'll tell you when we lost control of this situation, when we made our mistake. It's the moment we turned away from each other. We don't have to stop being individuals to get through this. We just have to stop fighting each other. Mm. Right? And That's so powerful. That is powerful. And she's saying, like, Chakotay, you and I didn't agree on what to do here in this situation. But... <clears throat> and that was our problem. That was what made us weaker. And by... If we had just stayed together, if we had just agreed to, to, to do this together, we could have overcome this and it wouldn't have been so difficult. And I think that's just a really powerful message. For sure. For sure. Well, look at that. We got Scorpion 1 and 2 and the gift right there. Right there. <laughs> right there. I mean, I think we did the same thing with, with Picard. We did Best of Both Worlds and Family. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, got, you got to have family. It's really, it's a three-part episode. If you it really is. It. it really is. Okay. Um, I'm wondering if the time stream is about to intersect in earnest. Probably. Did you pick Urifel? Yes, I did. Ha! Ha-ha! Ha-ha! Okay. Yeah, man. Red Foreman. Let's go. Yeah, I mean... I mean, Kurtwood Smith is is like a great character actor. I he mean, really everyone is. knows him as the dad from that '70s show, but mm-hmm. he's been around forever. He's been in so many different things, and I think he even in Star Trek, he's been he played the Federation president he in did. Star Trek Six. Yes, yes, right. Uh, and he's he's really fantastic here as this Krenum megalomaniac, right? Who who comes off as sophisticated. But in the end, he really just is driven by one single-minded thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this um, this little little speech that Janeway gives. And this is like a little bit of a long one, so forgive me. Each of you has done your best, but determination alone isn't going to hold this ship together. It's time we faced reality. We've lost nine decks. More than half the ship has been destroyed. Life life support is nearly gone. Voyager can no longer sustain its crew. I promised myself that I would never give this order, that I would never break up this family, but asking you to stay would be asking you to die. You will proceed to the escape pods and evacuate this vessel. Set your course for the Alpha Quadrant. Along the way, try to find allies, secure faster ships if you can, anything to get home. The senior staff and I will remain on board as long as possible. We will try, somehow, to rescue Tom and Chakotay. The escape pods are equipped with subspace beacons. That's how we'll keep track of you. When we find each other again, and we will, we will find each other again. I expect all of you to be in one piece with some interesting stories to tell. Good luck. Like, even even when, like, hell is, like, raining upon them, she is still, like, we're going to get home. Even if we have to, like, split apart for, like, a hot second, we're going to get home. But, like, I mean, we, we know how things out after that so yeah yeah and and originally like this year of hell was supposed to be a season-long arc 
right? The year of hell, right? It wasn't going to be like every episode they were fighting the Krenum, but it wasn't just going to be two episodes. It was going to be start at the beginning of season four and end at the end of season four. But I guess Rick Berman kind of like nixed that idea because he didn't want to have both shows that were airing, both Voyager and Deep Space Nine, engaged in some season-long art storytelling. War conflict, right, at the same time. He thought that that just wasn't the right idea. Well, yeah, like, Which I mean... Which is probably... He probably made the right decision. I think so. I mean, like, you don't... I mean, you, you watch TV shows and movies for, like, to escape for, you know, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, however long at a time. And even though, like, we we were well into, like, the Dominion War and this was going on, like, it was only a week for Voyager, or two weeks, I should say, whatever, um, for Voyager. And then we were able to get back to, like, the sunny, optimistic, rainbow, sunshine, unicorn future uh, of Star Trek, uh, rather than being stuck in it. Like, I would not want to be stuck in that for a year. Um, mm-hmm. Like, a year long of dark, brooding, like, storytelling, like, serialized storytelling. No, thank you. Like, not for both shows, at least. I, I need a little bit of a respite, for crying out loud. Yeah, and then I want to read one more quote. It's not a quote. It's it's a conversation that Janeway and Tuvok are happening at the end of this, at the end, right before they're going to attack the Krenum time ship. Janeway goes, Tuvok, I can hear your objections already. I'm not leaving. Tuvok goes, given Voyager's damaged state, the probability of her surviving an armed conflict is marginal. Oh, I know the odds, but I have to stay. Voyager's done too much for us curious. I have never understood the human compulsion to emotionally bond with inanimate objects. This vessel has done nothing. It is an assemblage of bulkheads, conduits, tritanium. Nothing more. Oh, you're wrong. It's much more than that. This ship has been our home. It's kept us together. It's been part of our family. As illogical as it might sound, I feel as close to Voyager as I do to any other member of my crew. It's carried us, Tuvok, even nurtured us. And right now, it needs one of us. You know, and it's like, starship captains are married to their ships, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Like, they are really married to their ships. Even when this ship is, like, just a broken vessel, Janeway's like, I don't care. This is my ship, and I am attached to this thing, right? I am attached. It is my home it is it's a part of me and I am a part of it yeah yeah yeah. okay um so the next one on my list I think um I think has a direct connection uh to caretaker for the most part okay um, and, and some of the, the like the decisions that were made in Caretaker, I think, has like, at least how I see it, as kind of like a, a payoff in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm talking the season five premiere night. Okay. Yes. Was that on your list? It is on my list. I've got a couple of things before that, but yeah. Okay. So, um, if you want to go ahead and talk about night, well, since we're here, you, like that's cool. Um, it's up to you though. But, you know, the decision back in Caretaker was not the popular one um, at the time. I mean, I mean, 
and and you see that really you know playing out here in this episode if i'm remembering it correctly where you know she's really beating herself up about that decision and like kind of just be being stuck where they are and having to go through what they are especially in this like this black surrounding part of space that they're just like stuck in and like you you even at one point like have like a little bit of like a mutiny uh with the crew uh with like her trying to get them to do something and they're like nope we're not doing that and just kind of in a way restoring like her own faith in terms of like her decision so like i really like in, in a way i really like the fact that we get to see more of like the humanity like it's not over the top i don't think it's over the top but we get to see this melancholy captain like who's really having to think about this decision that was made four or five years ago like was this really the best thing that i that was to be done for this ship and this crew and all these decisions have led to this one to like where did i go wrong type of thing and maybe maybe i'm like building it up too much i don't know but i just really like this like we get like we've talked about like janeway the strong woman but i like this because it shows like some humanity it shows some flaw it's it shows some second guessing which we all do and we we as much as we love superheroes and like like characterizations of things representations of things it's good to from time to time just to have like a like a little sprinkling of like some brokenness some disappointment with our characters so we can relate to them in a way oh yeah i mean this episode is absolutely on my list um you don't really see Janeway doubt herself this much, but she is like doubted herself so much that she's just locked herself in her quarters and mm-hmm. she like won't come out, won't see anybody. And it's very, it's very shocking, right? You don't expect this. And you're like, whoa, whoa, where is this like really tough, badass bitch for lack of a, like a more, <laughs> like a more PC phrase, but she is like, doubting herself and she's like her and Chakotay have like a great great interaction and then Tuvok and Chakotay have a great interaction about it and then yeah like you said she's about to like stay behind to close this wormhole and let the rest of the crew get through basically sacrifice herself and they're like yeah we're not letting you do that captain you've been you've been too good to us and you've you've got us through all these things we're gonna stick it out with you and that really you know, restores her fa- her her faith that you know she made the right decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, well, good, very very vulnerable moment. Yeah. Um. Eric, I have let's see one two. I have four left on my list, and um, how many do you have left? He's counting, folks. Five. Yeah, five? Yeah. Okay. Why don't you, um, um, since you said that you had a couple before Dark Frontier, or sorry, not Dark Frontier, um, Night. Um, did, you just, did you just let that slip? Was that yeah, I, yeah, yeah, the next one on my <laughs> list is Dark Frontier, by the way. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so Night. Let's back up just a moment. Night is the season five premiere, which comes right on the heels of the season four finale, Hope and fear, which okay. I think 
is just a fantastic episode all all the way around right um this is the one where ray wise great character actor as well shows up here as anorax the basically the alien link language genius and he, hey there's this ship you know we recover a message from starfleet and they've sent a ship a new ship with a quantum slipstream drive and it can get you home in three months right yeah it'll be a tough journey no holodecks right no real recreation facilities but you can get home in three months but you're gonna have to leave voyager behind because it can't it can't withstand this journey but like this is everything that they wanted right and janeway's like a way home we've been waiting for this moment for years why don't i feel more enthusiastic all of this is just a little too perfect the alien genius with all the answers to our problems the message from starfleet telling us everything we want to hear a spaceship delivered to our doorstep what more could i ask for they even turned down the beds the only thing missing was the chocolates on the pillows all seems a little too convenient so like like she just she knows something is wrong They're like her intuition is telling her like mm -hmm. you know something is wrong here right we got this message and this is our way home but you know my intuition tells me not not uh not not to get too too like excited in this moment and right. turns out she was 100% correct to have this pause. Very good. Right, and and then, and then you know the episode's called Hope and Fear, right? And so hey, we're being hopeful, but there's also something to be afraid of. And she's like, she's got this quote at the very end, I think. I've learned to walk the line between hope and caution. We've had other opportunities that didn't work out, but I'm willing to admit that I'm leaning more toward hope this time. Right? So even though this situation didn't work out, there's still a chance she's still hopeful, right? And she knows that there'll be there'll be times when you know, maybe everything doesn't go well, but I'm still going to keep that hope around. And I just I think this is just a fantastic episode. Very good. And it's great how like it doesn't have like we don't have to end a season with a cliffhanger. Right? Not every season has to do that. I know most of them do, right? Because it's just, it's a marketing ploy to get to get people to come back, right? But you don't yeah. have to end everything on a cliffhanger. Right. <sighs> okay. Well, cat's out of the bag on mine already. Okay. All right. <laughs> My, so I'll just, I'll say this. My next two... Uh, have very similar uh, uh, story points to them. And it kind of goes into like some of the uh, the flawed um, aspect of of the captain and like some of the uh, the direness, if that's a word of of the mission to get home. So, um, Dark Frontier, hello Borg, how you doing? What's up? Um, nice, nice to see you in this part of the uh, Delta Quadrant. Um, and we have we have Seven, who's you know kind of being tempted 
by the Borg Queen in a way, um, played by Susanna Thompson, which we were just talking about uh, the other day with um, our, our latest Picard recap. And yeah, this idea of, you know, Janeway stealing a, a transwarp coil from a disabled Borg ship to shorten their journey. So now we're, we're at the point of like stealing things to, to get home. But apart from like, you know, doing what we got to do to get home, I really think that this also, despite how tense the relationship might have been at the time with um, Kate Mulgrew and Jerry Ryan, like this really, I think, shows a good loyalty to, um, to Janeway and her crew once again. Um, in terms of like the relationship that you see and like kind of how it like plays on screen in Dark Frontier of, of like not um, giving up. Um, one of the quotes uh, is a converse, uh, or one of the quotes is, don't listen to her seven, she's irrelevant. And you, you know that Janeway, or not Janeway, um, seven and, and the Borg say irrelevant all the time. And I just, I love that little, little dig. Um, just as like that one little kind of off the cuff statement. So, yeah. Well, I mean, Dark Frontier is like is a great episode. It premiered as a two part episode um, when it aired. Like it's not you, you watched it on Netflix or something. It's just one episode. Really, really great episode. Yeah, a different board queen, right? It, who knows if it's supposed to be the same one or not? Um, but yeah, I think that the, like. The, the relationship, I said earlier, the relationship between Janeway and Seven of Nine was kind of the driving force of the show in the last five, four seasons. Yeah. And so I'll go, I'll go back to, to a similar kind of episode that's really about both Janeway and Seven of Nine that's on my list, and that is The Omega Directive. Oh, such a good episode. Such a, just a great Star Trek oh episode, gosh, right? Oh is that good? It's, it starts out with this mystery, ooh, the Omega symbol, and then the whole ship shuts down. We're like, what's going on? And Janeway locks herself in her in her ready room for like two days or something like that, and no one knows what's going on. And there's this Omega particle that uses boronite, right? <laughs> there's a good, there's, there's the tie-in. Um, no, and Janeway's basically gonna go on a suicide mission to destroy this Omega particle. Because you, that's what Starfleet tells her to do. Because Omega will destroy subspace, and you can't go to warp, and they'd be stranded. But like Seven of Nine is being a Borg, she already knows about it, and so eventually Seven of Nine is going to go. But then the whole the crew, she manages to be convinced that the crew is going to help her out, and so Janeway doesn't have to be like stubborn and like just do this on her own. She has a crew that can help her. And eventually they work on a way to, like, safely destroy the Omega Particles. But there's there's so many great, like, conversations between Janeway and Seven here. And it's like, I didn't realize you had such a strong scientific curiosity. Not curiosity. Desire. Desire? Omega is infinitely complex, yet harmonious. To the Borg, it represents perfection. I wish to understand that perfection. The Borg's holy grail. You know, and then, and then later on, um, uh, what does she say? The seven says, um, for three point two seconds, I saw perfection, 
When Omega stabilized, I felt a curious sensation. As I was watching it, it seemed to be watching me. The Borg have assimilated many species with mythologies to explain such moments of clarity. I've always dismissed them as trivial. Perhaps I was wrong. And Janeway goes, if I didn't know you better, I'd just say you had your first spiritual experience. I, I just think that's just great, like like insight from from Janeway, as she's yeah, talking good. to Seven of Nine there. That's good. That's good. Yeah, this is a, that's just a great episode, great Star Trek episode. I'll never understand like the ratings of some of the. I like as much as I look at IMDb and these ratings, I'll never understand why some of them are so low. Right. When, I mean, like, I'm just gonna say like this episode has a uh, 7.4 on on IMDb like like bump that up like easily for me like that's way better than a 7.4 yeah and i remember i remember when when um, discovery season 3 was coming out like there there was speculation that it, this was the omega particle mm-hmm. which canonically would have made sense right 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 yeah got Boronite night here again in, in discovery season four so yeah 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 cool all right cool. all right so you're already, you're already past my next episode right okay. so I'll, I'll just do one more here good can you guess what it is that you've already passed in the chronological uh, order in chronological order right um i want to say mm, would it be think tank no no it's counterpoint. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, I've talked about this episode a bunch. I this. Oh, is I thought just... you meant like after mine. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You've passed my chronological. Okay, point. okay. Yeah. Right. But yeah, counterpoint. Right. Yeah. Counterpoint. Right. Uh, in season five, just a fantastic episode of Star Trek all around, and you get to see Janeway like almost the spy in a certain sense, right? She's she's deceiving they each each person thinks they're deceiving the other her and this lead inspector from the devore right each one thinks they're setting the trap and they're and they're gonna spring it on the other one and and catch them but like janeway has the last laugh right she she manages to be the one who really dupes the other guy and i just think in that final moment when you when you see the reveal it's just such a fantastic moment where Janeway's mm-hmm. like, and he's like, the guy's like, you created false readings. That is the theme for this evening, isn't it? <laughs> well played, Captain. <laughs> She's like, it would be a shame not to have used your... <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I kind of figured Counterpoint was going to show up on here at some point. So No, it's just it's just a great episode and like the way she just like a deception that's the theme right <laughs> you created false readings you gave us the idea it would be a shame not to have used them <laughs> oh Janeway well well done yeah yeah that's yeah um so knowing where I am so far in the timeline you want to take a guess what my next one is well, we're coming. You said you said they were similar, and I mean we're coming to the end of season five, so maybe maybe we're at the same episode coming up next. I don't know. Does it start with an E and end with an X? Yes, it does. Hot dog. 
We're on Equinox, baby. Equinox. <laughs> so yeah, more more shenanigans of of stealing things and you know, stakes being kind of high, but also like there's some prime directive stuff that's in play as well. Uh yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, no, this this is just fantastic stuff, right? This is like this is one of those ones where people talk about like Janeway the tyrant, right? Yeah, How for it's sure. like it's my way and there's no it's the Janeway. There's no highway, right? You were doing things the way I want them to be done. Right? And people talk about Janeway the tyrant. And I think this is like probably example 1A of when <laughs> they talk about that. Exhibit A for yeah. Janeway the tyrant. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's a, that's another two-parter, uh, uh, season five, episode twenty-six, and uh, season six, episode one, right there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what is it that you really like about this episode? I don't know. I just I just think it's um, I like the fact that we have another Federation ship. By the way, um, even if they are doing some pretty shady things, that we get like some some more. I mean, yeah, we've had like some some Pathfinder stuff here and there uh, with like, you know, having like the Pathfinder project and uh, being able to communicate like, yeah, we've had that, like that's been fine. But I mean, just um, really, it just boils down to like, there's another, there's another ship. There's another ship that looks like us basically. um, And just seeing like the, the dilemma that she's staring down in a way. And ultimately does something very um, I don't know if I can get away with saying morally ambiguous but it's kind of morally ambiguous with with how she arrives at her decision to get this part that she needs even though she's stranding the equinox there um, but they kind of had it coming like if we want to quote a certain musical <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah like Janeway is PO'd in this episode. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> she I mean, she's talking to Captain Ransom here. John Savage, right? You know, another great character actor. He's the dad on Boy Meets World. Right? No. Or is that his brother? Uh, John Savage, he's been around for a long time. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, there's so Ben Savage ben and Fred Savage. Savage are brothers. So Fred Savage was on Wonder Years. Ben Savage was Corey on Boy Meets World, but oh. the dad was not John Savage. Oh, okay. Well, this guy, he, he's been around. You've seen it. You'll see him in a lot of other things as a character actor. Okay. Um, but he's like, Starfleet Regulation 3, paragraph 12. In the event of imminent destruction, a captain is authorized to preserve the lives of his crew by any justifiable means. And Jamie Weeks goes, I doubt that protocol would cover mass murder. And then he Ransom goes, It's easy to cling to your principles when you're standing on the vessel with its bulkheads intact, manned by a crew that's not starving. Jamie goes, It's never easy, but if we turn our backs on our principles, we stop being human. She's mm. like, yeah, powerful stuff, and she's like P.O.'d. Yeah. Just a, just a, just a little bit. Just a little yeah. bit. And then, like, you know, in part two, like... Basically, she is she is a madman in, by by part two 
like trying to stop ransom and uh and her and Chakotay have it out right they're not on the same page again just like they weren't on in scorpion and Chakotay goes i don't blame you for being angry but you can't compromise the safety of this ship to satisfy some personal vendetta and Janeway goes i appreciate your candor now let me just be blunt you're right i am angry i'm damned angry He's a Starfleet captain. He's decided to abandon everything this uniform stands for. He's out there right now, torturing and murders, murdering innocent lifeforms just to get home a little quicker. I'm yeah. not going to stand for it. I'm going to hunt him down, no matter how long it takes, no matter what the cost. If you want to call that a vendetta, go right ahead. Yeah, I mean, like, he's become, like, I mean, he he's the the antithesis of Janeway right like Janeway is just like set a course for home and we're gonna we're gonna figure out ways to shorten it as much as we can but like this dude he's just like mowing people down man like just for the, the, the heck of it like there's no Starfleet ideals really like I think at all like motivating him or his crew anymore it's just like it's, it's like a it's like a mirror universe bubble of sorts on that ship <laughs> Which I'm, I know how happy it is for you to hear that. Um, yeah. Okay, I'm down to my my last three. Oh, I've only got one more. Well, one of those is that wild card that we had talked about just before the show. All right. Well, go ahead. All right. Let me let me just get through these two, and then we can do like the last one. Okay. Okay. So these two, mm, probably not the. Probably not two that you would probably think of. Um, and they are... Um, one's in season six and one is in season seven. So, okay. Uh, the one I, the first one that, um, again, in chronological order, is uh, Good Shepherd, episode 20 of season six. That's, that's the last one on my list. Wow. Wow. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> ah. <laughs> ah. All right. Well, do you want to talk about it? Now? Well, you go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> I just like the... Wow. Okay. Okay. So I like the fact that despite being in the center seat, despite having a talented crew of different walks of life, that she takes it upon herself to be a teacher in this to really be invested for the most part in her crew and want to go with these three underperforming folks um, and take them on an away mission to kind of give them a little more confidence in themselves and their abilities and uh, with, with Janeway herself and despite things kind of going sideways uh, towards the end and you know, Janeway ending up even in sick bay. I just, I, I love, I love the fact that she thought enough of these underperforming crew members that she's st stranded with to still try and invest in them. And that, that's a good leader. That's just good, a good leader right there. Yeah. I love the description of this, this episode. It's like three errant crewmen. What's Janeway to do? Take him on an away mission. <laughs> Like, that's the description of this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's just like she realizes that, you know, 
you know, she has like this elite crew, I'll say elite in like air quotes, that's like so amazing. But is it like, is everybody super amazing? It's like we were thinking about Barkley in The Next Generation. It's like, is he super amazing? Maybe we should just transfer him off the ship and let him be somebody else's problem. It's like, no, we can't do that. We can't just push him off somewhere else. It's like our duty to keep him here and help him. And and Janeway's the same thing. It's like we can't just ship these people off. There's nowhere to put them. So I've got to help them like become like a better functioning part of my crew. And that's just great yeah. leadership. And she's like, three people have slipped through the cracks. That makes it my problem. It's my problem. Right? And you know, and she, yeah, she's being the good shepherd. She's not willing to even lose one member of her flock. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I I think that's a fantastic episode. And they run into like this this like arrogant mathematician guy <laughs> who loves being on the lower deck. This is like the this lower is the lower decks, decks of Voyager. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, well. Let me tell you about my wild card. You the didn't one think that I would I, have that one on my list, did you? I, I really didn't, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me tell you about this wild card that I I put on, I erased, and I thought about it, put it back on, and erased. And after talking with you, which I didn't tell you what it is, by the way, I no, decided I no to put idea. it back on. What's that? I have no idea what it is. You have really no idea don't. what this is, and you probably be like, "What? Maybe I don't know. We'll see." Just like Future's End is one that I enjoy, and I just, like, whenever I think of Voyager, like, Future's End is, like, one that automatically pops up. And I'm not saying that this one is up there in terms of, like, one that I want to go back and, like, watch all the live long day, but it's just, like, you have, like, certain episodes that you just, like, automatically associate with a show and this is one of them for some reason and this is season 7 starting with episode 16 Workforce okay alright so I know it's not necessarily a Janeway focused episode it's more um, what is it uh, Chakotay if I'm, if I'm not mistaken um, type of thing but the fact that we have this driven, focused, strong woman and her crew that have been duped into believing a lie and that she's not doing what she um, had dreamed of doing. Like she's been um, like, she's part of like this underground, like labor force. Right. Um, I don't know why I like it so much, but it just it it's a I think it's a really good um, contrast with like Janeway as a captain versus probably what she could have ended up doing had she not maybe believed in herself, not had the self esteem, the confidence that she does, and I don't know. It's just it, to me, it just seems like a good Star Trek episode, and it's like just a Voyager episode that I just enjoy regardless of how focused it is on Janeway. But I just think of like the Janeway implications 
as a result of this show, I think is like my justification for including it on the list. Yeah, no, it, it's a good episode. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it does, it does. Janeway is, does have a big role in it. Obviously, it's a two-part episode, so yeah. like there's a lot there. But I think, I think, you know, we follow her story pretty, pretty, pretty closely, sure. right? Sure. As like who she believes she is and this, as this like brainwashed, you know, labor worker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that she could be so much more, which I think is another great story point, like a good message. Like you too could be so much more, you know, if you, if you only knew and if you just like put some of the stuff behind you type of thing. So, which anyway, it's, it, I don't want to necessarily compare it to far beyond the stars, but it's, it's, kind of a far beyond the stars kind of story it's a stretch I know yeah that's a stretch it's a major stretch but okay and then like the last one end game you gotta you gotta start a story you gotta end it and what regardless of what we think about it I mean timeline a they got back um, in like the time that they had originally anticipated no it was like 23 years something like that yeah um versus the seven years right because old Janeway went back and was like hey we're gonna do this type of thing and um anyway um I just I just think like a story's gotta have a beginning and an end so like it's regardless of what people might think of Endgame whether they like it love it or they're indifferent with it you got you got to know how the story ends I mean it's got an 8.5 rating on IMDB and I think a lot of that just has to do with the Borg all you look sure. at all the Borg episodes are all going to have high ratings because they're going to attract more people's attention, so they're going to attract more votes, right? Mm-hmm. And people love the Borg, so they're going to, like, <clears throat> those episodes are always going to have high ratings. Sure. Sure. Right. Yeah, you got, yeah, sure. You know how a story starts. You got to know how it ends. Yeah. That's fair. So, um, any, any other comments or anything else that you wanted to add in real quick before we just do, like, a quick, um, like countdown of like our favorites of these in order or you know 10 to 1 I think think we've gotten a good well rounding of the Janeway character you know the the scientist the diplomat the action hero Mm -hmm. right the you know she's just a great character she really is yeah all right so like like we uh, we were saying at the beginning of the episode we're going to at least I think we did uh, just do like a quick smattering of kind of like how like these are like what like what we consider like our definitive list or like what we I don't know just really enjoy or whatever. Um, so this is the same list but just ranked per us as individuals. So like my favorites I'm gonna go from ten to one, and I might change these. I don't know if I'm gonna change these. Um, so. Nah, I'm not going to. This, this could change. Uh, whatever. I'm just going to read what I have on my whiteboard. So, um, 10 to 1. And I'm not going to do any more discussion. We've talked about this stuff ad nauseum. Okay, you've already heard some of our reasons for why we like it. So, there we go. If Eric wants to pontificate, that's cool too. Um, so, t- number 10, macrocosm. Number 9, workforce. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, number 9 is workforce. Um Number eight, Good Shepherd. Uh, seven was with the gift. 
six with Dark Frontier, five with Caretaker, four Endgame, three Equinox, two Year of Hell, and number one Future's End. That's just my list. Okay. All right, so my list, and I'll just pontificate when I get to the top spot. There we go. All right, so (laughs) number one, Alliances. Number nine, Good Shepherd. Number eight, Death Wish. Number seven, Scorpion. Number six, The Omega Directive. Number five, Night. Number four, Hope and Fear. Number three, Year of Hell. Number two, Counterpoint. And number one, Equinox. Okay. And I just want to pontificate on Equinox here. And I want to connect it to to a different show and why I have like a really big issue with that. Like in Equinox, like we have the captain of this other federation vessel who is murdering living beings, sentient aliens, and he is has no remorse about it. And he's like, we're getting this crew home. We're using them as fuel. That's the euphemism. And and Janeway is like, <clears throat> no. No, you were not doing this. You have turned your back on the ideals of the Federation. And Janeway is like, how dare you do this? Like, how dare you do this? But she's not even like, how dare you do this? She's like, how dare you think about doing this? Right? Like, how could you? You are the captain of a science vessel, for Christ's sakes, right? You are the captain of a science vessel, and you are a Federation captain. How dare you do this? Use an alien species for fuel. And not just how dare you do this, how dare you think about doing it? It's like you are turning your back on everything you should believe in here. And she's like, you want to know what? I am angry. I'm damned angry. He's abandoned his uniform. Like, how dare he do this? And I just think that that shows, like, how, like, high she holds the ideals of the Federation. And I think throughout the entire series, you see Janeway is holding the ideals of the Federation on such a high plateau and that causes the ship a lot of problems right she won't give the Kazon any of her technology like they just want transporters I don't care that all they want are transporters it doesn't matter we can't do it right and there are other times throughout the show we cannot compromise our principles Mm -hmm. even if it means things are going to be more difficult for us and I Mm -hmm. think that's like the one thing that makes Janeway this like epic and awesome character in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Like and I'm gonna relate this like this there this this Captain Ransom is using these aliens as fuel to help move his ship and move it faster and get his crew home. And like how dare you do this? Now let's go to Discovery season one. We have to make this spore drive work, right? And we're going to win this war against the Klingons, not by making a new weapon, but by creating a faster way to travel, right? If we can be there and back before the Klingons even know what happens, that's how we're going to win. And that's, like, I think a really great speech from from Lorca when he's talking to Burnham in that, in that moment, right? He's like... 
I know you like to be right, but I think I hate you hate being wrong more, right? That's that's less like a standout moment. But like, what do they do to get the spore drive to work? They find a tardigrade, a living being, a sentient being, and they they basically take it hostage and force it into this spore hub, and they poke mm-hmm. these needles into it and prod it, and they're using this living being to make the spore drive work. And like Saru, of all people at one point, Saru is the science officer. He comes from a planet where like he's got threat ganglia that that tell him when to be afraid. And he, at one point, Saru is like, Stamets, you put that tardigrade into the spore drive and you make it work. I don't care. And I'm like, really? Really? Saru is like that? Mm-hmm. And then the Admiralty, the Admiralty at one point is like, we need to be out there finding more tardigrades so we can plug them into spore drives and we can make more of these spore drives so we can help win this war. And I'm like, what? The Admiralty is saying this? This doesn't make, this is not Starfleet. This, this like, this does not, I know it's in times of war and, you know, this idea about like, do you compromise your principles in times of war to help win it, right? Maybe that's what the show is going for. But I just, I have a difficult time believing that the Admiralty would be out there saying, find more of these living creatures so we can plug them into our engines to make our ships move faster. Where Janeway's over here like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a really great point, Eric. I guess like, I mean, we've we've talked about like the the spore drive thing. We've complained about it um, in different ways. Um, will they? Won't they use it? They said they were going to stop. They didn't stop. But I really like that that connection that you're drawing with Equinox and just the whole spore drive, the tardigrade thing in general. Um, now, obviously, like Discovery at that point in the timeline had taken place way before Janeway, but still, like, there's like an 80, 90 or some odd difference. Like it really shouldn't matter in the grand scheme of things like about conflict and ideals, right? Like if we, like you were saying, like if we let our ideals go, like what do we have left, right? Like if we give up the principles that we say that we stand for, what do we have to stand upon anymore? So great point, great point. Like I think that's like something that we, we need to be reminded of, especially in Star Trek, that the, just because like we have a shortcut doesn't mean it's necessarily the the right way all the time to do something right like even with endgame like not to not to bring it down but like even with endgame like Janeway has to do like some some questionable things like going through like a transwarp hub you know knowing what's about to happen with the Borg like does that make it any more or any less right based on that decision uh, it's it, it's these like moral questions that that we're we're faced with in terms of like who what's it speak of our our humanity our character our ideals as as people um, whether in the 21st century or the the far future of the 23rd 24th 32nd 33rd 40th centuries you know whatever yeah. so great I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up Eric thank you so much for that. So I think that's it. I think we I think we did this definitive list definitively. 
<laughs> yeah, I think we covered. I think we covered it all, and we got, uh, we got some great episodes. And there's a lot more. I mean, like, there's a lot more like great Janeway moments like that we could talk about another day. But yeah, I think we covered all all the all the big ones, all the highlights. Yeah, and a few not so big ones thrown in for good measure. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, so I don't really have a Twitter poll, but I want to highlight something uh, from from the other day. You know, earlier this week, Eric, we had um, we had Pi Day uh, for you know. I know you as a mathematician, you love Pi. I do. Yeah, I love Pi too. Um, we we celebrated Pi Day with Pi. Um, we had a we had a pizza pie and we um, we had a, a cherry pie. Um, here, here at the station, um, and I just posted this little image. It's it's just this this dumb little 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 image, and this image, Eric, um, it just says "Happy Pie Day" with Wharf holding a pie, and this thing, we got two hundred and seventy-two retweets. Over thirteen hundred likes and twenty six <laughs> comments. What were your, what were your hashtags? <laughs> Kapla, Just pie day? Kapla, yeah, Pi Day, Kapla, Star Trek, Pi, Pi Day, and Wharf. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that was that was pretty much it. Um, there were there were some interesting uh, comments. I just wanted to. Um, say but like this there's one comment from um at nerd world empire it said 314 days of the year are good for pie every other day is a patak and have no honor (laughs) 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 Uh, pie is a dish best served cold from um at jeff underscore mcnaughton i thought that was good um and then there's like this formula that's on here which i'm not even going to pretend to try and read it's math, so you can. I'll send it to you, and you can math it for me. Um, there's a cosine and a and a sine somewhere in there in the equation. Um, let's see. Um, there, what was the other one? Um, and someone said, "Oh yeah, and prune juice to go with it." Um, a warrior's drink. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> at P R L H R B R S C K S. Um, said, I can see Worf going ramming speed on that pie. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, someone else said, um, uh, who was it? Um, at Caleb Axon said, <clears throat> Worf, having been raised in Russia, would not observe Pi Day because the Russian representation of the date is 14.3. Not only that, but the pun wouldn't work anyway. <laughs> okay, way to ruin the fun, whoever that guy is. Um, and then someone was like, "Well, maybe he does it on start eight four nine three one four point two. Um, and then um, there, there's just, there's quite a few. There was someone that that sent a picture of a square pie and says pi r square, um, which which was pretty good. Um, anyway, a lot, a lot of fun conversations that were, that were had on Pi Day. So, um, 
anyway, I hope you enjoyed your pie day. Um, <laughs> you celebrated accordingly. So um, anyway, that's it, Eric. Thanks for thanks for joining me for uh, for today's uh, discussion of uh, definitive Janeway. Um, we still have a few more captains to go in our definitive list for the captains. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to round that out this year with, um, uh, I know we have Archer, I know we have Cisco um, on the books. And um, I think, honestly, like, it's too soon to do a uh, a Burnham or, or even a Saru just because, one, the show's still going. We haven't seen, like, the full breadth of stuff. So maybe, like, much later down the road we could come to that. Um, but as of right now, like, we're, we're just going to be doing um, Archer and Cisco later this year. And then either end of this year or early next year, we'll probably start on, like, either first officers or engineers, something like that. Uh, and you know those those kind of episodes that stand out so um, again eric thank you for the discussion for the robust discussion as always i love it whenever you bring your your trek knowledge um to play and, and stuff it's it's great so um anyway everyone out there in listener land what'd you think um what does your definitive list look like um we would love to hear you know what your top five what your top 10 what you consider definitive for janeway would be um Leave us a comment. Check us out on trtvpod.com under the uh, uh, contact us, the handling frequencies portion of our webpage. Um, you can also interact with us on all the things, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at trtvpod. Um, you can also email us if you really want to do that, um, trtvpod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice-only message to 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute limit before we steal your, your, uh, your, your coil, your warp coil be bad just saying so be quick about it otherwise you're not gonna have it to be stuck um <laughs> and if you want to uh to mail us something like you know whole beams of janeway's coffee that she usually drinks hot and black make sure it gets to the lone star station p.o box 2455 azel texas 76098 everyone thank you so so very much for listening and as always remember to boldly go and make it so 